is taking the ball and running with it. And you've seen reports in the New York Times and uh, Washington Post, no doubt, that if we leave now, all will be lost. This is the message. The billions and billions that we pumped in would all, would all be for naught if we don't continue to fund this war. And, and, and I'll get to that more about what that could involve. And don't be surprised if the word draft starts floating around because you've been hearing from administration officials how they have a shortage of enrollees, people that are uh, joining the, the, the armed forces. Part of that is because it's been wokeified, and, you know, most people who typically join the military are Southern, people who may not want to go to college. They're very patriotic. Uh, they tend to live in the Deep South. If you go into the military, you see that there's a, a good proportion of people that have kind of a Southern slang. And it's because that's where the, 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 the recruits come from, the more patriotic red states. But they're not joining anymore because they see what Lloyd Austin, they saw what Mark Milley did. He basically gutted the military and wokeified it with a bunch of people who simply want to join uh, to express themselves uh, and, and, and find new adventures, you know. What was that, like that, what was that uh, band in the 80s that sang YMCA? I forget the name. But anyway, they've got this idea they can go in the military and wokeify it and uh, include DEI, and we have, a, we have a military that nobody wants to be a part of anymore. It's a joke. Being g- gender neutral and having to watch your pronouns and take a shower uh, with, a, with a gal who wants to be a dude or take a shower with a dude who wants to be a gal. I mean, this is just, it's, it's not worth it. And even Dick Durbin from Illinois is saying, well, maybe we, should, maybe we should recruit some of those people coming over the border. Maybe they can earn their citizenship. I mean, that's how desperate it is. Uh, people are too fat. They're obese. They're having to go to pre-weight training once they enroll. People uh, can't read proficiently. It used to be kind of a, a, a running joke that the, the, the dumb people always went into the Army and the Marines because those, those are fodder. Those are the people that go to the front lines anyway. If you're not a shoot a gun, you know, get in line. And then the smarter people would be like Navy, Air Force, you know, behind the scenes, the ones handling the radar, doing all that. Not anymore. It's not that way anymore. And part of that is because the commander-in-chief has allowed wokeism to come in and, and basically gut the military. And so what does a draft look like? I mean, Biden wants to continue this war ad nauseum. This is, this is his Vietnam. He's going to hand this over to Trump is what he's going to do. Now they're talking about even more money going to Russia. That's what his whole press conference was about yesterday. Let's continue. Who in the United States is prepared to walk away from that? I tell you, I'm not prepared to walk away. And I don't think the American people are either. If Putin takes Ukraine, he won't stop there. It's important to see the long run here. He's going to keep going. He's made that pretty clear. If Putin attacks a NATO ally, if he keeps going, and then he attacks a NATO ally, where we've committed as a NATO member that we defend every inch of NATO territory, then we'll have something that we don't seek and that we don't have today. And that's, he just told you his game plan for the next year. Uh, Agent provocateur. He just basically laid out his strategy without realizing that he just told everybody what the strategy is. 
Putin is going to invade other countries after he's done with Ukraine. Really? I haven't heard Putin say that he's invading any other country. I, I, I think he got Crimea. He wants the eastern part of Donbass. Some of the more smarter people in the room, Messerschmitt, one guy who comments often, we've had him on the program, talks about the fact that Russia just wants to have an integrity Russia. Uh, they have no interest in invading Estonia or Latvia, at least not today, but according to Biden, that's the threat. And that was the same argument they used to get us into Vietnam, was that once Vietnam, uh, Vietnam toppled to the communists, communism was spread and we couldn't have that. So it's that same old rhetoric. We've got to stop them now. We've got to draw the red line here. But what does that mean? Okay, well, we're a NATO ally. So if the, the bombs start flying, but, but how, that's the thing with this government. You don't know. Sometimes you think that they're just setting things up because they want things to go that way. Two weeks, three weeks before uh, Russia invaded, uh, Biden was all, all but threatening him by turning Ukraine into a NATO country, which would have allowed more arms to get closer to Moscow. So I'm not a Putin uh, apologist by any stretch of the imagination, but it sounds to me like Biden's got his plan all r written up, ready to execute, and he just blasted it to the world. American troops fighting Russian troops. American troops fighting Russian troops if he moves into other parts of NATO. There you go. He just told you. How are we going to get those troops over there? Do we have enough? Do we have enough arms? What's the plan? Make no mistake. Today's vote's going to be long remembered. And history's going to judge harshly those who turn their back on freedom's cause. We can't let Putin win. Say it again. We can't let Putin win. It's in our overwhelming national interest and the international interest of all our friends. Any disruption in our ability to supply Ukraine clearly strengthens Putin's position. We've run out of money to be able to do that in terms of authorization. Extreme Republicans are playing chicken with our national security, holding Ukraine's funding hostage to their extreme partisan border policies. Let me be clear. We need... Okay, see, what he just said there was that Republicans are saying that if we don't pay attention and put more funding at the border, our own border, which which he called extreme, not allowing people into our country unfettered to Joe Biden means extreme. Uh, and he's dangling a carrot saying, I'm not going to do anything about the border unless you allow for more funding for this Ukrainian offensive. So what what's going to happen next? Sending soldiers to Ukraine to fight the Russians? Biden's economy on a tightrope, any market panic will send stocks tumbling, which could portend to massive job losses, high unemployment, small businesses closing up just around the time that Trump walks into the White House, if that ends up being the outcome. Biden will have handed Trump a gutted economy with a whole lot of dis uh, dissent. And I remember that uh, when Trump walked into office after Obama, he had to clean up a lot of messes too. So here's what I would say to you. Look for rash executive orders, including new rules on funding for war. Look for more arrests of Trump supporters. It's going to get it's going to get ugly. You watch. All right, we've got a big show. Nan Su's coming up. He's going to give us the latest developments on China, and Stephen Littleford will be along in a little bit. Talk about some new rulings in Washington and gun crime. All coming up. Speaking out, America.
I was just telling Nan Sue over at the Epic Times that I really like his his uh, employer uh, because I, I when I read the American newspapers like the LA Times or the New York Times, you just it, they just reek with insincerity. You don't feel like you're getting the facts. But when I go to the Epic Times, I'm assured that what I'm reading is good journalism, and that's why we like having Nan Su on. He's the foreign correspondent for all things China. And there's some interesting developments going on right now. And Nancy, welcome to Speaking Out America. It's good to have you back. Oh, thank you for having me. Sure. So Belarus, for people who don't know, are closely, they are pro-Russian, right? Belarus, is, it was, we saw this development. They, they were helping uh, uh, Russia with their uh, invasion of Ukraine. So that there's a kinship there. And it turns yeah. out. So, tell us about what's happening now with China because they're building a new alliance with Belarus. What's going on over there? Yeah, Belarus uh, president just visited China last week, and then they, uh, or this past week actually. So they kind of like uh, uh, Belarus president, of course, uh, express uh, you know support to China uh, to unify Taiwan. Of course, uh, uh, you know, uh, all the things China is doing, you know, uh, South China Sea, all kind of the, those things. Now, of course, uh, 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 one of the subject, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure, you know, uh, one of the subject when Xi Jinping met the Belarus president, they're talking about the Ukraine war, right? So, so all these things is going on, you can see. Basically, you can see, see, you know, the newly emerged uh, continental power on the Eurasian continent is quickly forming around China, Russia, and Iran. And then you have Belarus, you have North Korea, you have uh, Afghanistan. Uh, all these countries, uh, you know, uh, already the member of the alliance and then uh, while at the same time, the other countries in the Central Asia region, like uh, Kazakhstan, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, those countries, you know, leaning towards to joining, you know, they're kind of like a, uh, uh, circulating around the, these three uh, big guys, China, Russia, and Iran. Sort of the newly formed axis of evil in a way, because... What we're seeing here is a united front developing of our enemies, really, uh, our political enemies. And just yesterday, I mentioned uh, in the last segment that our president announced on television yesterday that if he doesn't get the money he needs to fund this war with the Russia and Ukraine, then he's he's considering sending U.S. troops. Wow, that's very strong. Yeah. Because it, it just based on what you said, I could see that this is we're we're soft stepping our way into World War Three. If you have these alliances, you've got the NATO alliance, you've got the European, the Euro Asian alliance. I mean, it doesn't take a, a highly intelligent person to see where this is headed. That's very interesting. Yeah, it is. It is true. While at the same time. Uh, you know, uh, Belarus export, uh, supporting China, and China it's having. Uh, it's uh, uh, Chinese foreign ministry uh, actually criticized the U.S. Uh, USS uh, Gabriel Giffords. Uh, it's a combat ship. 
that's uh, uh, sailing in the South China Sea. Uh, China said, you know, the USS, the U.S. combat ship is sailing in Chinese territory water, which is entirely not true. Well, he says that often, and uh, obviously, so does, does China have any territorial rights in the South China Sea? I mean, is there some internationally recognized law that gives them some amount of sovereignty? I'm not really educated on that. Okay, uh, China has been, ever since the beginning, uh, in South China Sea, they have so-called 11 line uh, policy. So basically, they draw uh, a 11, total 11 dash, you know, form a dash line uh, that's uh, in around the coastal line of South China Sea. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, basically it's like a little bit away from everybody's coastal line. They draw a dash line. Uh, and China, that dash line basically claims China has more than 90% of entire China Sea as its own sovereignty. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, the dash line uh, in the uh, in history gradually, you know, decreased a little bit, now become a night dash line because they give a little away. Like uh, in the 70s when they have, uh, because Vietnam was an ally, you know, anti-United States ally of China, um, so they gave a little bit away to Vietnam. They say, oh, we we'll recognize it. But today, in the Vietnam, even Vietnam still yeah. have a, a, a territory dispute with China. Uh, that's another story. But, you know, still today, China still claim, you know, 90% of the entire China, South China Sea as its own sovereignty. Now, specifically right now, uh, the, the case we're talking about uh, for U.S. as a, a Gabriel Gifford, it's, you know, uh, that U.S. combat ship was sailing uh, near Philippines. You know, Philippines has this territory water dispute with China. And so the, China, so the U.S. Uh, combat ship has forming um, a, a coastal troll that kind of uh, 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 that kind of exercise with Philippine Navy so when they are doing that China is criticizing US uh, USS combat uh, US combat ship uh, you know sailing in China's sovereignty yeah I see and I did read about the Philippine there's now some conflicts going on there about sovereignty and territorial disputes but it always seems as if there's a territorial dispute going on with China. It's like China always tries to assert itself a little more than it than it should. Then it scales back. Then it does it again, and it's just almost like a game to them. Um, just thought. yeah, it's true. Yeah, you know, uh, see, China published just like a couple months ago. China publishes a newly uh, draft uh, national map. You know, they pub- they had it once they published that new map. A neighboring countries, you know, uh, protest. So you have India, one line, Malaysia, Indonesia, Vietnam, Philippines, Taiwan, and Japan all protest. You know, yeah. basically, Chinese government put their hands into everybody's pocket. Yeah, that's right. They're famous for that. By the way, I want to mention that Nansu has a, a, a great documentary called The Final War. 
It is uh, now on the Epoch Times, and you can go to the Epoch Times and check out this very uh, informing war uh, documentary, The Final War. Uh, And Nan, always glad to have you here. I hope you have a great holiday. We'll catch up with you next week, and we'll stay on top of all this stuff. So thank you very much. I appreciate it very much. Our time is short. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Speaking at America, you're listening to Speaking at America. Jim Watkins will continue in just a moment. Steve Littleford joining me. Talk about some new crime statistics out of Seattle. Riders on the storm. Riders on the storm. And we're happy to have back here on Speaking Out America with Jim Watkins, Stephen Williford, otherwise known as the Barefoot Defender. And he's going to join us to talk about some interesting crime statistics. And speaking of crime, uh, it was on this day in 1980 that this happened. Former Beatle John Lennon is dead. He was shot a short time ago outside his Manhattan apartment building. He died at Roosevelt Hospital. Police have a suspect in custody. Former Beatle John Lennon murdered in New York. Got that old limousine, and they went inside the gate there, and then all of a sudden they heard five, six shots, and that was it. Four cops pulled John Lennon out and put him into the back of a police car, and his mouth he was bleeding from his mouth, and he, he, it was a terrible sight. And during the day, this afternoon, before the rain began, a crowd of as many as 2,000 people came out here. Police speculate that Chapman arrived in New York last week. He had begun to stalk Lennon from his room here at the West 63rd Street Y. Yoko Ono released a statement tonight. She says that she told their five-year-old son, Sean, what happened and took him to the spot where John lay after he was shot. You know, I uh, have to ask you, Stephen Williford, if John Lennon had a gun uh, and he wasn't so anti-gun, he'd probably still be alive today, you know? And it kind of ties into what we're talking about here. Uh, Stephen Williford joining us. Uh, He is a spokesman for Gun Owners of America. Interesting statistics coming out of Seattle. And now they are the nation's capital for homicides. So let's dig into that a little bit. What's broken here in this scenario? What is it? What's going on? Well, you know, it's really interesting that you bring up John Lennon because at some point, one of the members of ZZ Top, the police found out that he was carrying a 38 Special. And they asked him why he carried a 38 Special, why he carried a pistol. And he said, you have heard of John Lennon, haven't you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So one of the members of ZZ Top was carrying a gun. Why? For his own protection. Yeah. And uh, so, yes, the, the crime statistics are going up. And isn't it interesting that all the major uh, murder capitals, rape capitals, and crime capitals are in uh, blue cities and blue states? where they restrict gun ownership uh, like crazy. And, you know, uh, having states the way they are and the ability to uh, have different laws in different states uh, is like a microcosm of, you know, what works and what doesn't. And 
So we should be able to look at the stats and things. And when you cause more gun control and, and then the crime goes up and when the liberals cry, defund the police and the crime goes up, uh, it's time to put two and two together and figure out that this isn't working the way you think it's going to work. You're going to defund police officers. You're going to take guns away and make it harder for law-abiding citizens to own them then the criminals are going to run rampant because why they don't have to fear you and you know they talk to several criminals in prison and ask them what they fear they don't fear the police department as much as they do an armed civilian an armed victim and that armed victim very quickly becomes uh, a threat to them you know, it's interesting that you bring up criminals. By the latest count, according to uh, Homeland Security, they estimate it, as many as 10 million people have crossed the border illegally since Joe Biden has stepped into office. Now, just doing simple math, if only 1% of those people who came across the border were criminals or had criminal records or were violent offenders, that means we have 100,000 new criminals in the United States of America. So, you can look forward and you can see, well, where do these criminals go? Where's the money? Or they're going to the big cities. Where are they going to go? What kind of cities? Are they going to go to places like Houston? Are they going to go places like, uh, I don't know, uh, where do they have real good gun law? They're not going to go to Wyoming. They're going to go to Seattle. They're going to go to where the money is and where the victims are. Yeah. Detroit. They're going to go to Illinois, to to Chicago and, and New York and uh, they're already screaming in New York and Chicago, wait, stop, stop. We have too many yeah. uh, illegal immigrants here. Well, what have we been saying on the border states for a very long time? You know, uh, you're just letting them cross into Texas. We don't have the infrastructure to take care of them. And they turn to crime. And not only that, because I went down on the border and I watched our our National Guard facilitating moving them across the border here in Texas. And they had on green armbands when I went down there. And the armband said that the, that they had paid the drug cartels to move them across here. And if they didn't have the money, and most of them don't have the money, then they guarantee the drug cartels they'll do their biddings on this side of the, of the uh, border. Which means automatically, not only are they criminals for crossing into our country illegally, but they have granted the drug cartels and said, we will work off our debt to you, you know? Yeah. So that's just not, you know, if they weren't criminals when they came, they soon will be. I almost think it's by design in a way. So, for example, uh, Seattle had 80 homicides this year alone, what is it about their laws that makes it uh, so that more, what's causing the, the drive of, of homicides, of shootings? What is that? What, what's causing that? Well, it's one of the hardest uh, places to, to for law-abiding citizens to get guns and to carry guns. And, you know, the Bruin has changed every state into a, um, instead of a, Shellish or may issue state, now they are all shell issue states, meaning they have to issue permits to someone that is law abiding to carry, but you can make it really hard to get the permits. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, you can and and you can make it hard. So many of the states are doing uh, places where uh, they can't carry in all public places and things. Okay, you've got a permit, but you can't carry here. And uh, these are the the states and the cities that actually have the the worst gun control. You know, yeah. hard, hardest for civilians. And please go to gunowners.org because we are fighting uh, that fight. We're fighting for you to be able to keep and bear arms. Go to gunowners.org and sign up. I remind my audience that Stephen Williford, who's with us today, uh, was actually a hero in 2017, known as the hero with a gun. He wrote about it in his book, which is called uh, the, the Sutherland Springs Faith and Heroism Through Tragedy. Uh, and, it's, called, uh, it's called a town called Sutherland Springs. Yeah. And, uh, a and town called... you can find it on Amazon, and you can also find it at gunowners.org. We have about a minute. What are the lessons that we could learn from this recent shooting in Texas, where you had a man who went from San Antonio to Austin? Uh, of course, the press is making this out to be just another example of why we need to have stricter gun control laws. But what's your extrapolation from that incident? Well, you know, and I'm not real positive why all that happened yet, but, you know, details will work out. But you know, 93% of gun, uh, murders and homicides are done in gun-free zones. And uh, yeah. he, he, again, if people would have been able to be armed and to stop him, if people start caring more often and, and start being vigilant, and the FBI has now said that there is a, that they have got credible uh, evidence that there is going to, evidence that there are going to intel that they're that they're going to be targeting churches and they haven't said who's going to be charging yeah you know targeting yeah. churches but but you know we've been letting people from the middle east cross our southern border too and with what's going on with israel and the fact that the united states is standing against uh the terrorist and uh you know it, you know hamas or they're already here. They've yeah. come across our southern border, and we need to be vigilant. Stephen Williford. And that doesn't come yeah. from me, but that comes from an FBI um, yeah. state director. Gunowners.org is the website. Gunowners.org, thebarefootdefender.com as well. Stephen Williford, we'll see you again soon here on Speaking Out America. Thank you. <laughs> 